0: Oh, hello, and welcome to another great episode of the Nerd-Related Fantasy Show. I am Matt Farley. It is Tuesday, August 31st. It was NFL Cut Day, so we are shedding a tear. And by we, I am joined by the lead recruiter from the Bishop Sycamore High School football program. <laughs> it is Andy Cass Marzik. Andy, what is happening, my man?
1: What is going on? All I can say is I hope I do better research than ESPN did on Bishop Sycamore and the team that they had. What, what an incredible story. I'm reading new stuff daily. Uh, I read today. I don't know if you saw this article and I don't mean to go off too off tangent, but Please do. some, some 20 year old kid who graduated of high school was playing this game. Wasn't on the list and tore his ACL like first play.
0: <laughs> oh my god! How does this stuff happen? Like they, be, they're going to, they're going to make documentaries about this. I mean, you're essentially getting catfished like by by a group of like how many dudes like that's amazing it's just the thing that,
1: the thing that irritates me is the coach got fired for this like he did nothing wrong he, <laughs> he lied a little bit and it's espn's fault for not looking into it like how do you trust bishop sycamore as a football team if you never heard of them to not look a little into them yeah uh, but the memes are fantastic i saw cam oh, newton okay. sign with him today <laughs> Uh, I saw the coach was wrestling as bo- against Bobby Lashley. I think it was uh, oh, some incredible God. memes out there on this
0: on the story. Jeez, oh, <laughs> this is just that's just so amazing. I can't <laughs> believe that that happened. Um, anyways, wow. Uh, well, hopefully we won't be faking you out like uh, like ESPN got faked out today. Andy and I figured, you know, it is. It is heat draft season. I get a draft actually starting in 20 minutes. So that's going to overlap this podcast probably. So if I suddenly sound distracted, Andy, in like the last 10 minutes, just, you know, it'll be the uh, it'll be the Andy cat show. Uh, But because of that, because you're probably just like, gosh, I just I just have so many decisions to make. We figured today we would just go through some of the big questions that. We've been asking ourselves as we've been drafting things that we've been seeing discussed online and on Twitter. Which, by the way, you definitely need to follow us on Twitter. We are at NR Sports Edition. Uh, we love throwing up polls. We love commenting on your uh, on your posts with gifts and other fun shit. Andy, uh, how do I say this? Andy, if we were, oh man, if we were a uh, if we were a high school recruit. How many stars would our Twitter follow be?
1: Is this ESPN looking into our Twitter followers or is it just <laughs> us talking about this?
0: Uh, it, this is ESPN.
1: This is ESPN. Uh, it's definitely a seven star on a five star scale. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. So
0: definitely you, you got to follow us. But A
1: bunch of D1 prospects. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm definitely a D if you know what I mean. Um, but hey. Uh, I'm you know I'm a douchebag, so I uh, didn't want didn't want to mix that up. But hey, let's get <laughs> right into this, Andy, because we have a boatload of questions here. Uh, probably the maybe the most relevant question, at least uh, leading up into today, af- before some of the cuts was the news about the J.K. Dobbins season-ending knee injury and what that means for uh, the Gus Bus, Gus Edwards. So. Just real quick, Andy, I guess, you know, what do you do with Gus Edwards? Where is he sitting on your priority or your ranking? How are you feeling about the Gus bus? Uh, So in all honesty,
1: and it might be contrary to a lot of other individuals, is I'm staying away from him. Uh, I I have a kind of a saying that I adopted from Matt Kelly, um, player profiler. Uh, I don't hate players, but I hate ADPs. And he, for me, is going to be a classic example of somebody who skyrockets because of an injury, but really shouldn't. Uh, I was off on DK Dobbins going to this season due to the lack of passes that he would catch just in that offense, how much Lamar Jackson does run. They did add uh, Rashad Bateman and Tyler Wallace to their receiving core this year, which I think will help. Uh, J- Dobbins was a, a stay away from me at what he was at already. And he, to me, is a better player than Gus Edwards. Um, so if Gus Edwards is now shooting to that third, fourth, third or fourth round, I'm staying away from him. Uh, very similar to Daryl Henderson for me. Uh just too drafted too high with too much questionabilities on their skill sets.
0: Yeah, like Gus Edwards had a shot to be the guy before JK Dobbins and didn't hold the job. And now, like exactly what you said, his ADP is is a little bit out of control. I heard one fantasy analyst say, like, well. I'm just going to draw, draft Gus Edwards where I would have drafted JK Dobbins. And to me that, that seems ridiculous. You know, some of the guys around him right now, I'm on fantasy pros looking at ECR, which if you don't know what that means, that's expert consensus ranking. So they'll take like a hundred fantasy analysts, take all of their rankings and create a consensus overall sort of ranking. And right now, like guys that are around him in these rankings, Kareem Hunt, Miles Gaskin. Those are two guys right before Gus Edwards. And then Chase Edmonds, who I would definitely prefer over Gus Edwards, even with uh, your your boy. Uh, Gosh, his name is escaping me right now. He's so popular. Uh, James Conner. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I I haven't eaten dinner yet, so I'll blame that. Damian Harris, who we'll talk about, and my boy, Javante Williams, right there. So, yeah, it just seems really, really high. And there's no way that he's going to be the sole back there. Uh, They're going to find some way to incorporate other backs. And, you know, the cheat code is there, too, who's going to steal some rushing touchdowns. So I agree with you 100%.
1: And not even that. Just I think very similar to basketball. Uh, there's there's players that are just way better as six man. I would say Bobby Portis is in that category. Jamal Crawford, um, or some guys, Lamar Odom, like they're great players. But when they went to that six man role, they were just different. And I think the same goes for running backs. There's certain running backs like I would put Kareem Hunt in that aspect. Now mm-hmm. Gus Edwards, personally, even Chase Edmonds for me, um, those second tier guys that are very talented but just never seem to take over a lead role. And if they do, like Kareem Hunt last year, they fall off drastically. And Gus Edwards just feels like a guy like that, that yep. once he's thrusted in that starter position, he's not made for it. I don't know what it is, if it's a mental thing. Um, they like being, you know, the pressure coming off the bench. I don't know what it is, but he just reminds me of one of those running backs that is best suited to be a third down back compared mm-hmm. to a starter back. Uh, it, a very
0: similar it, to Jace Edmonds last year for a lot of people. I think it comes down to talent. You know, if, if, if you can guarantee me that Gus Edwards is getting 80% of the, the carries there, then maybe I'm taking a shot on him, but you know, I don't think he's going to get that. I really think there's going to be some split there and I don't know who it is. Uh, You and I can hop back up on the old justice Hill uh, hype. train, And we can ride that sucker till, uh, till sundown, but Uh, somebody's, somebody's going to do, somebody's going to take some of those carries. Definitely
1: not. I mean, that just game plan is not prepared around him. It was prepared around JK Dobbins. So when he came in, he was a surprise um, dual threat. Now offenses or defenses are going to prepare for him weekly. Um, They're going to have their starters out there. It's not going to be third down situations where you could run it. You could do options or you could swing the pass out to him. If it's first down, it's likely a run. Defenses are prepared for that. Uh, So I think it's going to affect Gus Edwards a lot in, in the negative manner. And I would not, personally feel comfortable drafting what i think his adp is going to be like in the next three or four days
0: yeah and i don't i don't want to sit here and just constantly duck dunk on gus edwards because you know (laughs) he's going to have good weeks oh yeah you know but he he ends up being like your your rb3 maybe maybe your rb2 in some situations and again some of the guys around there are just better options again like i would gladly roll the dice with javante williams or even Raheem Mostert for that, you know, at least for the first half of the year. And then, you know, maybe come around later and, and grab somebody who might be a later bloomer, maybe mix him up with Kenyon Drake or James Connor. And I think you can, I think you'll be fine. I would, I would wait on, on a guy like that. Let's, let's, let's stop talking about the Gus bus. Okay. Gus, the bus. Gus bus just so <laughs> great. Um, big news today, Andy, obviously with Cam Newton getting, cut by the New England Patriots means that Mac Jones, AKA hold on to these nuts. Uh, if you don't know what that story is, you, you should definitely Google that not on your work computer. Uh, <laughs> Mac Jones is going to be the starter for the Patriots. This obviously impacts every offensive player on that team specifically Andy let's well let's dive into a couple of them but I'm curious about your thoughts on Damian Harris has he moved up your your boards at all do you feel better about him tell me about uh how you feel about D Harry Uh, honestly
1: Damian Harris hasn't changed me with the the fact that Mac Jones is there Um, he's still uh, to me a one-dimensional running back I don't think he's going to be too much involved in the passing game for me it actually vaults uh, two players one uh, J.J. Taylor, who I think is the next James White. And then a person I think is being overlooked severely in all draft formats is Jacoby Myers. I think oh, yeah. him having a, a, a quarterback finally uh, is going to be phenomenal. We saw what he did with Cam Newton last year. He had a few games uh, where he commanded over 10 targets. I think he put about 20 points in some of those games. But just looking at stats alone, uh, the guy only ran 272 routes last year, which came, up, came out to about 20, 24 a game. Or if you compare it to Julian Edelman in 2019, non-COVID year, his last year still old. He ran 511 routes, which amounted to 31.93 a game. You put Jacoby Myers in that spot, he's likely to you know catch another two, three passes a game, another 30 yards a game, and add a touchdown. Like That's a, a great value in where he's being drafted right now. So those are two guys I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, jump off the boards and be real
0: steals for a lot of people. I hate how much we agree. Andy. this is like, we got to get Satan here or something, but yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think I I don't really think this impacts the running back situation as much like, yes, Cam Newton would take away some rushing touchdowns, but let's face it. This is the new England Patriots backfield. Uh, They're going to be, they're going to be splitting carries even more than Baltimore and James white's going to take the passing work. Um, St- Stevenson. I, I don't even, I don't even know his last name. I just know he's the huge back is going to get his, his chair, of the carries. It definitely impacts the pass catchers. Like I, I thought John new Smith was an interesting sleeper pick anyway. This just, I think solidifies that. And Jacoby Myers, again, at his draft position is a, a huge, huge value. I don't think there's really much else to talk about with those guys um, in particular. So great to see. Uh, One one
1: guy I would say to potentially keep on your radar for your last pick in the draft, or I always like having one or two guys identified in the free agent pool that if my last pick or two isn't amounting to much in that first week or just not like what they look like, I have a guy I want to pick up. And another guy I would highly look at is Nikhil Harry. So his first round draft pedigree, he's only his third year. Um, He had one of his years as a COVID year last year. His first year in the NFL, he dealt with injuries in training camp. Um, he really isn't a fair shake. It's hard to judge him. And we compare him so much to, you know, the J or Justin Jefferses of the world, CD, Lam- our or CD Lambs, who had just re- ridiculous rookie years. We fail to forget that. Most wide, rookie wide, most wide receivers take three years to become somebody. We talked about Devonte Adams doing this. We talked about DeAndre Hopkins was the same situation. Julian or Julio Jones all took mm-hmm. two three years to become something. Uh, so I don't think it's too early. Or I think it's too early to write off Nikhil Harry. He's looked terrible. I'm not saying he's looked great, but we have to remember what history has told, has told us and history beyond just the past two or three years what we've seen with really great wide receivers right now and how, I don't want to say terrible they were, but they didn't meet our expectations for the first two or three years of their career. And we look back and say, damn, I wish I would have drafted them that third year. In the 14th round, I would have had a, a steal like Devontae Adams. So are we'll you, keep an eye on,
0: on, on Harry as well. Are you sure you're not going to take Diami Brown, the, the the breakout star of the, uh, of the preseason? Uh,
1: I can't go that because I love my boy, Scary Terry. Uh, so I got too much faith in him. And I also, I'm a huge Curtis Samuel fan. Um, so just because of my fandom for those two, I can't drive down me Brown, but I do think he'll be a great player.
0: Yeah. Like Nikhil Harry right now is being taken right before Eskridge, the rookie from the, uh, from the Seahawks, uh, Tyron Johnson and Travis Fulgham who are currently unemployed. So, uh, so yeah, if you're in a deep league, why the heck not? And Kiki QT, that's good. This is good. And this is going to adjust a little bit because Yeah. yeah. ADP and rankings haven't really clicked yet, but, but that's like, that's again, representative of the position or roughly where's he's kind of sitting in people's minds. So he's probably off the radar. Let's, let's move on from, uh, from your boy, Nikhil Harry. Now I know what Jersey to get you for Christmas. <laughs> uh, here's a, here's a little bit of a fun one, Andy, what is your worst fantasy football moment? So necessarily wasn't
1: my worst moment, but actually my best moment for fantasy, but I feel <laughs> it was a moment that uh, affected a lot of people in a very bad way. I don't remember the year, you might've remembered it, um, but it was the Jason Jackson punt return touchdown, I believe against the giants. And I think it was week 15 or 16. Um, and this was one of our first years running a redraft league with a bunch of friends we had, you know, kickers and defenses in there, unfortunately, and thankfully those are, are mostly out of our leagues. Uh, but we also had the, the miscellaneous stat of punt return touchdowns. And if everybody remembers how that game ended, Deshaun <laughs> Jackson returned a touchdown. It just so happens that I had him on my team and was tied at the point, ended up winning our championship because of that one play. So while it was great for me, I have to say it's probably one of the, the most bittersweet wins I've had. Uh, be one of my best friends in that matter and it, it felt dirty in a sense uh, good dirty but dirty nonetheless uh, so i'd say that's probably one of the worst ones uh, to me personally last year i got crushed by darren waller and i think it was week 13 or 14 where he put up 43 points to the tight end that hurts um, also lost to kamara and he had 46 points i think in the christmas
0: game uh, so those two most recently really hurt me a lot i i appreciate you Coming back to the actual question after you just bolstered the hell out of yourself. <laughs> and uh
1: yeah. Uh
0: chops a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Look, Andy Andy's won a lot of leagues, all right. If you didn't know, he's got a lot of trophies. Uh kind of a big know, deal. I don't know. Did you ever win the belt that we had at uh, at at our fir- former place of employment? I was the first winner. Oh, okay. All right. Well, how could I how could I forget that? I think I took it from you then the following year. Soto's got it.
1: You did. Yeah. It's been a good run though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. At least, at least we're keeping that belt in the NR uh, family. But um, so speaking of place of employment, I was playing in a work league in 2018 and kind of snuck into the playoffs and got to the championship. And I can't remember the exact construction of my roster, but I recall having Russell Wilson and either and I'm going to bring up the stats from the particular game that I'm talking about it was I either had Chris Carson or Doug Baldwin I can't remember which but it was week 15 and Seattle played Kansas City at Seattle it was the Sunday night game and Seattle was down most of the game and I was kind of out of it and Russell Wilson just sort of went off in the third quarter and he had had a stat line ending at 271 and three and I was slowly like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get this." And <laughs> like on the last drive to basically ice the game, like I took the lead by like a point and a half. And I'm, I remember sitting on my couch looking at my wife, like, "Holy shit, I won! I fucking won! I didn't think I was gonna do this. Holy cow!" <laughs> so, so the game's pretty much over, right? Andy Reid decides to call a timeout. Oh, I does do not remember. have enough timeouts to, to get the ball back. And Russell Wilson kneels. So I'm down half a point, but I'm still up in the game. Just Russell Wilson, negative 0.5. Andy Reid proceeds to call another timeout. <laughs> and does so to the point where I lose my lead and I lost a championship on kneel downs. I do
1: remember this game and a lot of people were pissed off. Sorry. Dude. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> Just
0: what? Why? Why, Andy? Lee? Why did you have to call those timeouts? You didn't need to. The game was over. I, I got to move on. I got to move on. My draft starts in four minutes. Just still
1: to- real to me. Damn it.
0: <laughs> it's still real to me. Damn it. Oh my god! Great video. If you don't know what that video is, you, you haven't explored the confines of YouTube. I've got, so I've got this draft starting in three minutes and 20some seconds, Andy. and just to explain this to you, uh, I'm in a league with Matt King, one of our mutual friends, and some of his buddies and acquaintances. And, I've, and I, I won this league a couple of years ago and I've been in it for about five years. And this is, this is a weird setup. So I want to share the picks as they come in, my picks, and I won't go through everybody's picks. but just for, for reference and context, whoa, video started playing right and right in my ear Uh, just for (laughs) context this this is kind of a weird draft in that it's a keeper league but you Uh don't pay any keeper penalty so Uh my first year was ezekiel elliott's rookie year and i had the first overall pick and took ezekiel elliott and i've had him ever since uh so i'm gonna be like oh in the second round i'm choosing between these guys and you're gonna be like that makes no sense that's why so just wanted to throw that context out there. Have you ever played in a league like that, Andy, where you, you don't have to pay keeper penalty? I
1: have not. The one that I'm in that is a keeper league, we lose um, essentially two rounds from the previous year that he was drafted. Yeah. Uh, we can keep the player as long as we want, which is nice until they get to the point of being uh, – they were drafted in the first two rounds or if they were drafted in the third round previous year, they're obviously going to be kept in the first round this year, and then that player is
0: gone. Um, but I've never played a one where there's no penalties at all. Yeah, this is just so like Antonio Gibson is the is right now the, the highest ranking player, according to Yahoo. I don't know, like I'm kind of tempted. So Najee Harris right now is fourth on the on their rankings of available players in this draft. Okay. If I was if I was going third, I might take Najee Harris here. I'm keeping Zeke and Calvin Ridley. Okay.
1: Yeah, solid, solid picks. I think, I like with those drafts that you're in, is it really benefits um, the, the deeper players, the people that focus more on these sleeper players. And, you know, they get some steals like in the 14th, 15th round and yep. just crush it. I know I'm in one league right now that I, we're doing our draft. It's a bunch of friends from Austin. It's a keeper league, and it's the concept I was just telling you about. It. And I've been very fortunate. I've had Alvin Kamara for the past, since he was a rookie. But when I drafted him, he was drafted in the 13th round. So I think this year I'm keeping him in the, the fourth round. I think mean, it was a twelfth round I got him. I'm keeping in the fourth. Uh, Justin Jefferson was drafted then dropped. But he was drafted in the fourteenth round, so I'm keeping Justin Jefferson in the twelfth round this year. Uh, so it's cool having those leagues to find these like deep values and you know have a stacked team before the draft even starts.
0: Yeah. If if you're listening and you don't play in keeper leagues, you, you should. They're a heck of a lot of fun. It's it's a nice it's a nice in between of of redraft redraft and dynasty uh you should definitely find one let's uh Andy let's talk about a few players that necessarily aren't moving per se but probably are generating a lot of questions for fantasy players uh what do we do with Jamar Chase
1: Jamar Chase for me I'm staying away from solely due to where he's being drafted I can't fathom picking up a wide receiver in the fifth or sixth round, who's most likely going to be my wide receiver two or three on my team. With what does he have? Four drops and five uh, catch attempts. I miss out. I miss out on the guy, but I've seen enough to know I don't want to risk that much draft capital in a guy like that. For me personally, not to mention he's a rookie playing with my boy T Higgins.
0: Oh yeah, um, Joe Burrow
1: still coming off an injury. Joe Mixon, I think, is going to be phenomenal this year, and they still really don't have an offensive line. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, just based on where he's being drafted, I'm passing on him. Love the player still. I think he's going to be a good player. I, I, again, I know I mentioned in the past episodes, I think he's going to be one, a bigger bust we've seen in a long time. But with that same concept, I think it'll be like a Corey Davis. You know, Comes with a lot of hype, which never amounts to what he is, but he's still a, a solid player. Um, so I'm avoiding Jamar Chase at, at where he's at right now.
0: His, uh, his ADP, uh, according to Fantasy Pros, which has consensus ADP, be. Um, he's being taken right before Kenny Galladay, who I think we're going to talk about in a bit. Tom Brady, Michael Thomas, Raheem Mostert, Jerry Judy is five spots behind him. And you know how I feel about Jerry Judy and a couple more spots down is Devonta Smith, who could very well be the best rookie this season. Uh, out of all the rookie receivers. So interesting concept. Um, moving on. What, to do with michael thomas andy uh
1: that for me is going to be dependent on the league and i say that because some leagues allowed pup players to be put on ir and others don't if i can get michael thomas and is he being drafted you say about the fifth or sixth round
0: uh he is right around i think the same range that we just saw jamar chase let me check that so
1: let's assume that he's in that, that fifth or sixth round draft i'd agree in all likelihood, he drops further just due to um, people being scared that he's going to be traded and not come back or the fact that he's not going to be there for the first five games, which is all very understandable. But if I can draft a potential wide receiver one in the sixth round, I'm going to trust my drafting of other wide receivers in the further rounds to take Thomas at that point and just have him stashed away on my bench. It's It's huge to have a guy like him come out week six, seven,
0: can put up 20 points
1: any week. Real B quick. Andy, a, yeah. I'm going to pause you for a
0: second. I'm on the clock. I've got 27 seconds. Najee Ooh. Harris is out there right now. I can choose Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, AJ Brown. Who do I go with? PPR. P, uh, no, this is standard. Oh, standard. Uh,
1: I'll probably go with Najee then at that point.
0: That's who I took. Continue. Continue your Michael Thomas take. Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no worries. Uh, awesome pick, though. It's not a solid startup with Zeke and Najee Harris, both huge TD monsters. Uh, but if I can, again, if I can get a wide receiver that could put up 20 points any week with my boy famous Jameis, now crab legs can't say his other catchphrases, but you know, everybody knows what they are. But if I can have him throwing to Michael Thomas week six and beyond, and again, he's a, a fifth, sixth round draft pick for me, I'm taking that all day. And then just think about like keeper leagues if you do draft him that sixth round you potentially have Michael Thomas being kept like in the fourth round next year or the sixth round next year, which yep. is another huge steal. Uh, so for me, I'm not bypassing him just because I trust that I can find serviceable guys in the 10th, 11th, 12th round to fill that wide receiver spot that he would traditionally cover to keep me in contention and not lose too many games.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I like that take. I, I, I'm personally not somebody who's going out and getting Michael Thomas and if Again, I think it's just based on the guys that generally are available uh, around that mark. Again, like my boy Jerry Judy. Um, I I feel better about Devonta Smith. I think they're going to be a more negative. Well, the the Saints are going to suck on defense, too. Uh, It's tough that high ADP. I think his ADP is going to start to drop. And you're going to see him go later in drafts. I can see that. Like if he's in like the eighth and ninth round, like slam dunk, I'm going to go stick him on my IR spot and, 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 and just let it happen. And let's say, let's say I get off to a competitive start, but I'm not the, I'm not number one. Right. And, uh, I, I have a gap on my, my roster, or I feel like I could upgrade a position. I'm going to go to the guy who's in first and say, here you go. Um, do you want Michael Thomas? He's going to come back in, in in week seven, he could end up being a real hit for you and maybe I can upgrade a position. So there might be an opportunity there as well to position him to be trade bait later on. Uh, but you're right. I think it, it comes down to your league, your setup and your roster construction, especially in keeper leagues. If you're keeping two players that that sixth round is, is a little bit easier to, um, I'm not going to say, uh, you know, just punt on, but not get immediate output from, I should say. Definitely. And one thing I would say to it as well
1: is it's going to probably matter a lot where you're drafting in the draft. So if you're in the the turn on either side, you might have to take a reach for a guy like Michael Thomas, because the chance of you getting him back on, you know, the second turn is unlikely. And also the chance of you getting a potential wide receiver one in the sixth round at that turn, let's say if you are at, you know, pick, 12, I think that'd be in the start of the draft. It's highly likely that guys are going to come back or that potential is there. Whereas if you're in the middle of a draft, you might hold off an extra round. But again, if you're at the turns, it might be worthwhile to take that risk because reward is so great. Um, I'm huge on risk and, risk and reward players for my, my draft strategies.
0: You like to live dangerously. I do, know. I do, I do. All right. So in the draft I'm in right now, I'm up in two picks. And right now on the board... I got David Montgomery, who I probably will not take uh, Chris Godwin. George Kittle is still there. Andy, are you worried at all? And we may have talked about this on other shows. Are you worried at all about George Kittle? If Trey Lance ends up being the starter, uh, does it make you feel better about George Kittle? What are your, what are your thoughts there?
1: Uh, George kills hard for me. Uh, he's a great player arguably top two tight ends in the league uh, if not top three for sure but he has an injury history which concerns me if I'm drafting a tight end specifically that high uh, and then lastly I don't know if we've really ever seen him play with Ayuk at full force as well as Debo um, mm-hmm. so I don't know how that offense is going to look when you have I don't really don't consider Debo a wide receiver with how he plays but He commands targets and Brandon Ayuk showed great promise. I mean, for me, he was probably rookie wide receiver number two last year, which nobody saw. He looked phenomenal. So you take that out there, and we haven't seen the 49ers with a wide receiver, you know, really since Terrell Owens, probably that could command targets. I'm not saying Brandon Ayuk's that guy, but he looks like a promising young wide receiver that can command targets which is going to take away from George Kittle. How could you forget Michael Crabtree, Andrew? Oh, yeah, I forgot about just, Michael Crabtree. He's and, not, uh, yeah, but you, you know what I
0: mean. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, but so Kittle's hard where he's, it depends where he's being drafted, I guess. If it's third round or in your league, probably not in your league because he's more PPR for me. Um, but if he's third round in a draft, I'm probably taking the risk on him, but I'm not
0: very confident in it. Sure. Well, I I ended up taking him uh, just because I, you know again some of the guys around him. Montgomery went, Miles Sanders went, which I felt was a little bit early, uh, even with the keepers in consideration. But it was really between him and Chris Godwin, and I love Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin won me a number of leagues in 2019, but I just. I rode with Chris Godwin last year with Tom Brady thinking, ah, I've got the next iteration of Julian Edelman. And he had a good year, injury prone, but not that sort of high-level breakout year that you'd expect. He just went right after Kittle. And like we've always talked about, I think there are a lot of receiver options sort of projected in the in the following round that are really, really good. So uh, I already got Ridley. I've got an anchor running back and Elliott. I've got Najee Harris, and now I've got a top three tight end. So, uh, yeah, you Andy, have your
1: money then. I completely forgot you have Ridley. So yeah, if you have Ridley, Kittle's a great pick there. You have four positions down, and Godwin's really not a touchdown magnet. You still have Gronk there, and Mike Evans, and Antonio Brown, as well as Lenny Fournette. Um, I like the pick. Fofo? You. Yeah, and I like the pick. Now that you mentioned that stuff, that
0: I forgot about. Um, it's it's easy to forget great. Andy, because you can't see my screen right now. so thanks. And facts. thank God because you you'd be really embarrassed if you saw my my background. But hey, <laughs> um, let's do some rapid fire here, Andy. Let's see how agile you are. We've got about five minutes left. So I've got a couple uh, a couple of option questions and you pick the one you want, but try to keep your explanations within like, I don't know, 20 seconds. We'll give you a 20 second clock. Are you ready, Andrew? I am. Let's okay, go. Okay, here we go. Kenny Galladay, Juju Smith-Schuster or Brandon Cooks? Who do you got?
1: Got I just think was Cooks. Hopefully he gets traded, but I'm actually reverting to Juju Smith-Schuster.
0: Yeah, it's just too hard with Galladay's injury situation and um, yeah Juju seems like the safer one but higher upside is Galladay but oh god the Giants Ugh. if but if Deshaun Watson
1: for whatever reason plays or Cooks gets traded which is rumors to Saints or the Patriots right now uh, Cooks moves up ahead of Juju because right now he has David Mills throwing to him and we really don't trust David Mills or even Tyrod Taylor uh, throwing to um,
0: Cooks this year Understandable. All right, Andrew. Next question: Damien Harris or Miles Gaskin? Pass. No, I'm uh, <laughs> I mean I'm you gonna, might not gonna, take either, but
1: uh, I'm actually huge on Miles Gaskin this year. Uh, for me, Miles Gaskin is the next coming of James Robinson, and the fact that he's going to be a ton of touches, tons of points, and a huge value in draft. So Miles Gaskin for me.
0: Okay, I'm up on the next pick in this draft. I'm in Andy, and I feel like I could go wide receiver here. I've got. Right now on the board, Gus Edwards, who we just talked about not taking <laughs> Gus, uh, Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett, your boy DJ Moore, or Brandon Ayuk. Uh, how are you feeling about any of those options right now?
1: Gut instinct it's probably going to be surprising. Actually, no, you already have Kittle, so I don't like personally having stacked wide receiver cores unless you're going to go the, the QB stack with that as well. Um, Crap! I'd probably go with my boy DJ, but Brandon Ayuk's a close second. If you didn't have Kittle,
0: I'd probably go Ayuk. So now I'm on the clock. Somebody, somebody reached up. Our boy Matt King took Mike Davis right there, which uh, I don't know. But you it's know, a Mike bold Davis. move, That's a bold move. Yeah, we, we'll talk about Mike Davis maybe on Thursday and some of the roster decisions that they made. So I'm up in 30 seconds. I feel like with my roster construction, I've got a lot of guys who can boom and Robert Woods is one of the safest players, at least I feel like, uh, in fantasy football, but dude, I just, oh my God, your DJ Moore takes are just so hot, and I feel like I owe this one to you, Andy, so here you go, Andy, DJ Moore is on my roster because of you, my friend. You're a born winner now. Oh my gosh, and I've got, like, I've got the NFC South locked up in my receiver core, so, uh, yeah, this will be fun. All right, Andy. Yeah, and
1: you can also have a sweet team name like I go with all the time, more money, more problems.
0: There there, you go. That's that's the basis of Andy's argument for DJ Moore. Okay, yeah. a sweet couple DJ. more. I got a couple more rapid-fire questions, Andy. You better be ready. Here's one. Zach Moss or James Conner? Uh,
1: reluctantly, I'm going to go James Conner for the receiving prowess, uh, but Zach Moss is not a terrible pick,
0: though, either. Yeah, and the Bills' backfield is difficult to pin down, but – Yeah, it just, I don't know, man. I just love Chase Edmonds. And I think Kyler Murray's, Kyler Murray to me is a guy who could have like a, like a, the the QB one kind of year. And that's going to maybe take away some rushing touchdowns. But my MVP pick, MVP pick this year. There you go. There you go. I hate how we agree. So hopefully (laughs) we disagree on this next one. Lenny Fofo, Lenny Leonard Fournette, or AJ Quadzilla Dillon.
1: Before I answer, I'm going to give you two stats. I want you to answer real quick. Um, One is Leonard Fournette and one is Jamal Williams. Uh, 97 carries, 376 rushing yards. Uh, Receiving side was 36 catches for 233 yards, amounting to 132 points. The other running back had 119 carries for 505 yards for 31 catches for 236 yards, amounting to 127 points. Who would you think is who out of those two stats, out of Jamal Williams and uh, Leonard Fournette?
0: Well, Andy, I'm guessing that you're laying that out there so that you can argue for A.J. Dillon. I'm going to assume that was Jamal Williams. Uh, which
1: one, the 97 carries or the 119 carries? The
0: 97
1: carries. So you were actually inaccurate in that. Damn um, it. The I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. The, the less carries were actually for uh, Leonard Fournette, and the more carries were for Jamal Williams. And the reason why I bring that up is A.J. Dillon stepping into Jamal Williams' role, I personally think A.J. Dillon's a far better running back than Jamal Williams is. Uh, he can catch contrary to belief. Uh, so I'm going with AJ Dillon on this, and kind of a landslide for me personally. I think AJ Dillon could be
0: a, a league winner for a lot of people. Yeah, I, that backfield in 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 Tampa is just again difficult to pin down. They've got a lot of options. I, I'm not drafting Rojo, but Rojo is going to take some some of the looks. And now you got Mustache Bernard there. Oh yeah. Oh my God, that's just Mustache. so sexy. Mustache uh, Sally. Anyways, uh, and we're Packers fans, so we're homers. But all right, last question, Andy. Hopefully you're not too sweaty. And then, I, <laughs> then we'll do one more, one more pick because I'm, I'm up in four. So are you ready, Andrew? One final question. Let's go. Mike Evans, Allen Robinson, or C.D. Lamb?
1: That is probably going to be one of the toughest questions I'll have every draft I'm in. Uh, I, I'm the same way for Mike Evans, too touchdown dependent for me. It's going to come down to you know Dak Prescott's health and health, or um, Justin Fields becoming the starter. For me, I'm going to go with Allen Robinson. He's shown he can produce with no matter no matter who his quarterback is. He had a wide receiver in one season with I think it was Blake Bortles as his quarterback last year. Nick Foles as his quarterback. He's had no good quarterbacks. And he's always been consistently good. Uh, so I'm going to Allen Robinson out of those three.
0: So. I know you just said you like to live dangerously. Well, I like to live dangerously from time to time, Andrew. And uh, look, I think CD lamb is going to have a great season and yes, you're, you're drafting him close to his ceiling, but. Oh my God. He's just, there's just a lot of upside there. I, I don't know what it is, man. And with Dak, Dak back, I think, and with their defense not being good, I think they're going to be playing in shootouts or negative game scripts, so I'm going to go with C.D. Lamb. Andrew, are you still intact? Still intact. Let's go. Okay. Okay, thank God. Okay. One final question. It's pertaining to the draft I'm in. I'm now on the clock, and right now my team is Calvin Ridley, D.J. Moore, wide receivers. I've got Zeke and Najee Harris at running back, and George Kittle's my tight end. I got 45 seconds to pick. Uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling going wide receiver again. Julio's on the board. My boy Deontay Johnson's on the board. Uh, let's see here. I'm not going to take – T. Higgins is on the board. I probably would miss T. Ooh, Higgins yeah. if I didn't take him now. But uh, so the, my, the way that my roster is constructed, again, I just talked about how Robert Woods is safe. I think Deontay Johnson is safe given his target share, and, you know, he's a guy that I think has the capacity to be a wide receiver one, but on off days, he's a wide receiver two. So I'm going to go with Deontay Johnson.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would probably go T. Higgins at that point just for the touchdown possibilities. I think T. Higgins could put up a 10-plus touchdown season this year just due to who else he's competing against for receptions. So I would go T for that reason, being that you're not in a PPR league, but I don't think you can go wrong either way with Deontay or T. Higgins.
0: Yeah, I I've got I've got both those guys in a different league. Uh I had T Higgins as a keeper in the 15th. Man, I I just love I love the way that everybody loves T Higgins. It just uh, makes me feel warm inside. I don't know nice. what it is. Uh, well, Andy, I I think that's going to wrap us up, buddy. I haven't eaten dinner yet. Uh I think my kid is crying upstairs. Anything else? Any life advice? Anything at all, Andy, that you need you need our Loyal listeners to know
1: any life advice that the loyal listeners should know. You know, if fantasy you,
0: advice, yeah, is,
1: we'll 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 go outside that fantasy advice. um If you put mayo on your grilled cheeses before you, you know, s- serve them up, tastes way better than butter does. Wow,
0: wow! I can just feel my calories just <laughs> blowing through. Well, now I know what I'm gonna have for dinner. So, thank you all for listening in to another awesome edition. Of the nerd related sports edition fantasy show. Check us out on Twitter at NR Sports Edition. I'm Matt Farley. We will catch you next time.
1: Take it easy, everybody. Have a good one.